Chance to Chat With. Welcome to another episode of A Chance to Chat With, and this week we are joined by radio and TV host Jason Agnew. The coffee of choice for this episode is from Starbucks, and it is a Cafe Verona flavor. A dark roast that is definitely more of a coffee for two instead of first thing in the morning. And now, Jason Agnew. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Jason. I enjoy your name to start things off. <laughs> this is going to be weird. Well, it always wears me out when I write an email and it's like, to Jason, and then I end it. Thanks, Jason. I write, when I do that, I write other Jason at the bottom. <laughs> whenever I, I mean, my financial planner is named Jason. I just find this to be just the weirdest emails. This podcast is going to be weird for people if we just keep referring to each other by our own names, because it'll just be a whole Jason podcast. Well, maybe we should do that and then let them figure out who's who. Call it the Jasons. <laughs> well, maybe that's a different podcast. Okay. All right. Anyways, you are an actor, radio host, improv comedy host, and avid wrestling watcher. What is your favorite gig? Oh, man. Um, does it have to be current or do I go into the past for this? Are we talking like career-wise? Whatever you want. What was your favorite? Or well, is there something you're doing right now that is your favorite? Okay. Well, I mean, there's, there's, I'm working on a couple projects right now. I mean, I, I'm a trivia host on News Talk 1010, and I love ridiculous facts and trivia. It's so fun. I get to sit there for two hours every Sunday morning, ask people questions, and just give them prizes when they get the right answers. Super fun. Yes, I still talk about wrestling on Sunday nights, and I'm doing a new project there. Um, those are in the world of radio. Uh, Television is where I've spent the majority of my career, actually, with the sidebar of radio. And my favorite show and my favorite gig that I've ever had where it was where I was the executive producer and primary host of Byte Television. And I got to create and do over 100 episodes of a show called The Conventioneers, where I went to crazy conventions all over North America and did wacky Tom Green-style interviews with people and had the best time working with my longtime hosting partner, Matt Chin. It was just so fun being shit disturbers at conventions. And, of course, they would just be like, wouldn't know what was going on because it's like – Wait a sec. Am I part of the joke or am I am I the joke? Yeah, sometimes they they really didn't know, and that was a bit of the joy of it, where you could be, I could be, you know, deadpanning and asking completely serious questions that they thought was serious, but the viewer would be in on the joke, which was part of the fun. Now I know there's going to be a lot uh, of hopefully listeners on my on the podcast that will only know you from wrestling. And then find out later on that you did other things. Like when I found out that, hey, my partner's kids watched you when they were younger on YTV. Yeah. And I mean, I just mentioned the name Matt Chin, and that was my partner on that show as well. Uh, we went from doing the conventioneers, a very kind of adult oriented show and you know much like your george carlin appearing on shining time station as mr conductor uh we may or or bob saget being on full house we had a producer who worked with ytv come to us and said you guys are really good together what do you think about cleaning up your act can can you clean it up and, and make it work for ytv and we said absolutely and it's funny you mentioned the wrestling thing because this producer who who actually later went on to be the head producer of hockey night in canada he's a huge 
huge wrestling fan. And he didn't, he, he did know me from Bite, but he mainly knew me from live audio wrestling. And when I did Splat a lot, which is the show that we're talking about on YTV, which is essentially Wipeout, but for kids, set in a castle environment, he's like, I need someone who understands the dynamics of wrestling play by play. We're going to have a play-by-play guy. We're going to have a color guy. You need to go back and forth, and you need to be good together. You and Matt already go back and forth together, and you do a radio show and know all about wrestling, and I need you to be my play-by-play guy. And I'm just like, this is so perfect. Like, it was everything came together so perfectly, and we got to do two seasons of that show on YTV. It went to Nickelodeon in the U.S. It might still be somewhere on, like, Disney XD or something like that, but it was a blast. Now, do you ever sort of walk down the street and they go, hey, it's the Swish LA guy? Not Swish LA. Um, for years, it was uh, conventioneers. I... Uh, when I host, I also host um, Tiny Talent Time on CHCH, which is one of Canada's longest running shows that was gone 20 years ago and has been brought back. So I was not a part of it 20 years ago. I would have been a little young. Um, <laughs> so I am the host now taking over for the longtime host, Bill Lawrence. And when I walked into the dressing room where all the kids were kind of, you know, uh, getting ready and, and, and practicing to come out, because it's like little big shots, but the Canadian version, they all started to scream when I came in because they're like, hey, this is the guy that we watch on YTV who's here. And I was, I didn't realize that, oh my goodness, this is a big deal to them. They don't realize whether you're a celebrity from, you know, Toronto or California, they have no gauge of that as a kid, right? So I walked in, I was like, all right, I got to take time for each one of these kids, make sure that they're comfortable. Let's take pictures. Let's do autographs. It was a nice feeling and so completely uh, new to me because let's face it. I mean, you can be a comedian, you can be a, a news person in Toronto, you can appear in commercials. And to be honest with you, I don't really get recognized, but that day was very special to all those kids. So definitely not the Swish LA guy and not even the Tim Hortons guy recently. Well, I guess it sort of goes back to being, you know, the sort of Canadian actor, whatever is you got to be flexible. You got to do what is put in front of you. Um, yeah, I have an odd career. Uh, you know, I'm someone who's come to the show business or Canadian media scene by being a host. And that's not common. A lot of people come up as stand-up comedians. And one of the most asked questions I get in my career is, hey, do you do stand-up? And I just flat out say, no, I don't. I, I don't have that skill set. I'm I'm not really a great writer as far as that goes. And there's so much to doing stand-up. Uh, so I went into this and, and somehow found my way in, in, into hosting. And a lot of it does stem back to hosting the wrestling radio show and then spinning off from that. But to be a host or a spokesperson, you know, someone like Tom Bergeron or Ryan Seacrest, it's not the most common thing. It, it, it's not acting. I mean, I appear in commercials, but I'm by no means an actor. That's a different skill set. So, you know, in the world of wrestling, they say the best characters are just extensions of oneself. And that's essentially what I am. It's different versions of me, whether it be at a convention and kind of being, you know, a sarcastic, funny comic, or whether it's hanging out and being very encouraging to kids and watching them, you know, do their talent. So their grandparents have a show to watch. It's all various versions of me. Well, I think like your, your sort of comedy comes from sort of reading the crowd and reacting 
and not necessarily having a script on being funny. Yeah, this, I mean, you've seen my shows, you, you've seen me live. And, and what I will do is I just basically, I go out there, I'm just me, I find something in the audience as a matter of just saying, you know, hey, uh, who did something exciting today? And when the audience doesn't react, I'm like, okay, boring audience, glad you're here so we can entertain you. And and then there's just, there's this laugh, all of a sudden, there's this camaraderie between myself and the audience. And I just kind of play it up and, and see how it goes. And what do you prefer? Like nowadays is sort of all of it is really self production. Now you've gotten you've gone on from live audio wrestling, you're doing your own radio show now. Uh, do you prefer that or being a part of a bigger sort of media company? Um, well, live audio wrestling always existed as an island, uh, even though it was owned by the Fight Network. For the most part, it was four people uh, that put it together. And it was a great time for, you know, the heart of it was probably 15 years with the same four people. And and I loved those years. And we had such a great following. It, it was amazing. And, you know, I would have I never wanted it to end. And then Fight Network decided to shut down the radio department. So now I'm doing something on my own called Sunday Night's Main Event. And yes, I'm on TSN 1150, but I did like the support of having those three other guys with me. It's just, um, it's nice, you know, where one of us goes away and, and, you know, the listeners don't skip a step because there's another, there's someone else to fill in right there. And we all compliment each other. And if someone's weak in a category and and another person is, is strong in that category. So it, it was a lot nicer working with a small team. I don't like huge productions. I went down and I did that Tim Horton spot and they flew me down to Columbia and there was tons of people on set for it. There were clients there. Uh, it was it was one of the biggest things I've ever worked on and my part consisted of just standing there. Uh, you know, it was fun. It was great. And I enjoyed the paycheck at the end of it. But, you know, I'm not getting paid much to do the radio show, but I, I take a lot more personal pride in that because I put so much more work into it. And when I was working at Byte and doing the conventioneers, that was top to tail. That was me and my partner, you know, Matt Chin. I was writing everything. We were shooting it together. He was editing it. I was going over the edits. I really do enjoy that aspect of the full process from top to tail. Now let's get into a little bit of your background, uh, especially with, with, I guess a lot of people will, will recognize you from live audio wrestling. Where did you first watch wrestling? All right. So here's the story of somehow, some way, how I became a wrestling fan. I was... Uh, staying of all, like my, my, my mom was a single mom and, and my grandparents had a huge hand in raising me. So I used to go to their house and I had friends up the street. Now I remember seeing wrestling on TV and my mom was like, no, you can't watch that. That's dumb. There was nothing else on television. She said, don't watch like the GI Joes, the cartoons, like everything else was no problem. But she thought wrestling is stupid. I don't want you watching that. So right now you're sort of in the sort of. 86 87 yeah i would have been mtv era of the wwf i tell you it was wrestling it was right around wrestlemania 2 is when it was and hulk hogan king kong bundy and i believe uh i remember the one of the first matches i ever watched was at my friend's place up the street from my grandparents and they had a vcr and they recorded saturday night's main event and i saw the heart foundation 
versus the British Bulldogs. And that was the first match that I remember watching. And I was like, I I don't know why my mom won't let me watch that, but kind of because she won't let me watch it, that's what I want to watch. It's, you know, it's, it's what kids will do, right? What their parents don't want them to do. And I got into it and then she turned around and she would watch it with me and she'd be like, you know, it's fake. I'm like, I know, but it's fun. And I think that that's kind of been my mentality ever since then. I didn't watch in high school, like at all in the period that I call the lean years, like we're talking Razor Ramon and Diesel. I did not watch. But when the Attitude Era came about, and I remember of all things, it was Calgary Stampede, that pay-per-view that they did obviously out in Calgary with the Hart Foundation on top with the Legion of Doom and I think Ken Shamrock and maybe stone cold that was the pay-per-view the first one that i started watching and i haven't missed one since now for those listening and 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 follow jason on his radio show he he definitely has has a a a bit of his angry agnew character comes out when he watches wwe right now am i right well yeah you know right now uh, the the catchphrase that has come out i mean yes i got the nickname angry agnew and people would hashtag that when they would listen to my show and a lot of it was for the way in which i interacted with callers i have a trigger finger and i tend to hang up on people get into arguments and hang up on them it's a bit of a bob mccowan thing for those of you that know toronto sports radio um as far as what's happening right now, yeah, the anger comes out of just the how illogical a lot of WWE is and the fact that there's so much content and the hashtag that is now sticking with my show is more is more. You know, there's three hours on of Raw on Monday. There's two hours of SmackDown. There's an hour of NXT. There's two hours of Impact. There will be an hour of the Mae Young Classic. There's three hours of, no, sorry. There's, I think, five hours when you watch a pay-per-view now, which used to be three. It's so much to watch and digest. And then for those of you that get into the Japanese wrestling on top of that, the G1 just finished. There was like three more, four more hours a night of that. It's just so much. I I can't keep up. Well, I and I think that for me, that is my sticking point from from watching wrestling is that there's just too much on. Yeah. And 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 really like the actual product isn't as great as, you know, watching some of the indie stuff online. You know, it's a different audience yeah. online for the indie stuff. Um, it, it's it's the underground. It's the cool. It's like the people who listen to, well, it's called indie. It's like indie music, right? And then you've definitely seen the the transition from some of those guys who used to be considered indie that then go to the mainstream and then mainstream fans will enjoy them as well. But things are a little tweaked and maybe the indie fans don't like them as much and they're looking for, you know, the next thing that they want to listen to. So um it's 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 a different it's a different product. It's it's like wrestling versus sports entertainment to use that cliche. Um so I, I do think it's different. I think it's appealing to a different audience. But it's listen, it is very, very interesting right now. I'm reinvigorated by not necessarily what what the product is on TV, but the business aspect and how the industry is changing due to Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks. 
Kenny Omega and what they're pulling off with All In. That is a pay-per-view that's happening September 1st that is independent. And along with that, they just sold out Madison Square Gardens, Ring of Honor and New Japan did, selling out Madison Square Gardens. So listen, I'm not saying we're going to get back to a WWE versus WCW thing, but one of the most fascinating aspects of that time period when I was watching was who's going to jump ship? Who's going to go from one to the other? And you remember back to the radicals jumping or Jericho or Jeff Jarrett going back and forth. And that is something that we will be seeing again now going back and forth. And uh, especially, you know, Vince McMahon trying to poach these guys. And it's very interesting. And I very much enjoy following the behind the scenes aspects of that. Well, for me, I mean, I just took my my uh, eight year old daughter to an Alpha One wrestling event and she loved it. She didn't care that it wasn't the big, big stars. She had fun. She got to meet some of the wrestlers. Yeah. And I think that is what it is all about for, for indie wrestling. Yeah. You know, there you can get really close to the product and I think it's fun for kids. So, I mean, but granted, you know, if you took her to a WWE oh, event. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm sure she'd have a great time as well. But no, it's, just, yeah. it's not as intimate, right? It's the different, you know, bring it back to music. It's, it's like going to a club, you know, like the Horseshoe downtown for the indie stuff. Or you're going to Skydome and you're seeing a big act that you've seen on TV. And you're seeing, you're bringing her to Taylor Swift, you know, versus seeing some cool indie band. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, at this time of the show, I like to ask my guest their reactions on three kind of weird news stories that I found that happened this week. And the okay. first one for you, Jason, is yes. titled, Man Calls Police, Help, I'm Being Chased by a Baby Squirrel. Now, if you don't know the story, is this guy on Twitter wrote to the police, help, I'm being pursued by a, a squirrel. Yeah, the Police came, chased a squirrel, and when they caught it, the squirrel fell asleep. Now, oh, right. what I think I is, mean, is, is this guy, was he, you know, on drugs and thought he was being chased by a bear or was he just being funny and somehow it turned into a really sad story? Have you, have you ever had a squirrel run at you and attack you? Um, yes. <laughs> because here's, here's, here's the deal. I, I have not seen it personally, but I, there was a girl at my work when I was working at Bite and the squirrel ran up and bit her. And because they couldn't catch the squirrel, precautionary measure, she had to go for the rabies shots. So I listen, if you're, I don't know about calling the police, but sometimes you just got to run when that squirrel comes up. Well, I didn't say you didn't run. I'm just saying, I don't think the police needs to be involved. No, I don't think the police <laughs> needs to be involved. Now, the second article I found was titled Nude Man Exercising at Planet Fitness. And he quoted, thought it was a judgment-free zone. So he walked into a Planet Fitness that was yeah. fully packed, got undressed, and started working out on the yoga mat. And when they came over to ask him to leave, he thought, hey, no, no, this is a judgment-free zone. So I'm just going to do what I want to do. Well, here's the thing. I don't understand this. Not because the man was nude. Because would you really want to work out nude? I want to be kept in place. Now, if this said man wears thong, I'd understand. Because it keeps you in check, right? Maybe even like tidy whities I really think tidy whities is the ideal workout gear. And I say this from experience. You see, my friend, I work out at home. I have a treadmill. 
and often don't need to wear much more than tidy whities and a t-shirt. That is my workout gear. Oh, and a headband. Now that's a YouTube video show. I'd like. Yeah. Well, if you've seen <laughs> conventioneers, you've seen that and more of me. Well, yeah. So I guess it really just goes to say, you know, whether it's a judgment-free zone or not, people don't want to see you naked working out. No, that's not a good naked. Remember that Seinfeld episode of good naked, bad naked. That's not a good naked working out. No, thank <laughs> yes. you. Now, for the last story, it is titled, Herd of Cows Chase Florida Suspect Helping Police Make Arrest. Now, I'm sure you've seen this on video where they've got the infrared cameras and it's showing the the suspect running into a cow field and then the cows just surrounding her. Well, here's what I, t- here's what I take out of this. So this, what, what we've got here is for many, many years, police have obviously used dogs right? I think we're on the verge of a new era. And that is not the police dog, but the police cow. Because obviously cows are very plentiful. And if we can put them to work along with using them for either beef or milk, they become all the more valuable in our society. So I'm all for this. Let's put the little hats on them. Let's put the badges on them and we shall have police cows. It's like a real life version of Zootopia. Well, I think you just need to sort of fence it and then just lead the suspect to the grass area where the cows would be. Okay. You kind of have to set it up, right? You can't think the cows are actually going to do it every time. You know, maybe she was, you know, I know, covered in grass from falling out of the car. You don't know until you try. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I guess not. Don't underestimate the cow because they'll come after you. but anyways we are at the end of the show jason thanks for coming on where can we find you on the internets oh you can find me on the internets on the world wide web at uh, at agnew jason on the twitter and the facebook's oh sorry on the twitter and the uh instagram that's it and then facebook i'm jason agnew uh find me there i have a fun picture of me in a radio studio because that seems to be a lot of what i do these days and for those in the toronto area is there a show you want to promote yeah, um, just to check out Two Strikes Comedy. So the number two and then Strikes Comedy. That is my show. It's like Whose Line Is It Anyway meets Fear Factor. We do it once or twice a month at Comedy Bar on Thursday nights. So uh, twostrikescomedy.com, come on down and see it. Uh, often at the end of the show, we cover the stage with mousetraps and two performers are blindfolded and barefoot and they have to perform a scene on them. So that's where the Fear Factor thing comes in. Whose line is that anyway meets Fear Factor, and it's called Two Strikes Comedy. And thank you very much, Jason, for taking your time and uh, sitting down with me and talking. Great. Thank you, Jason. I'd like to thank Jason Agnew for stopping by and having a little chat. Until next time, I'm out.